it's not just one person that makes the good ship lollipop go around. Um, <laughs> it's all of us. And, uh, you know, all those old sayings, there's no I in teamwork. Um, there isn't. And each one of us, you know, has a vital role here um, in the success of the property. And we wouldn't be able to be successful without each other. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again on the podcast. This episode comes close to home here on the coast of Maine. I'm speaking with Tina Hewitt-Gordon, the general manager of the Nonantum Resort. This episode is all about leadership and what it takes to develop your people, to recognize talent, to give them opportunity, and to help them succeed in an organization. And Tina is the definition of hospitality. She's been a tireless leader at the Nonantum for decades. Not only that, she devotes her selfless time to our state trade organization, Hospitality Maine. She truly cares about up-leveling our industry. There's so many nuggets here about how you can develop your own team, so you're going to want to stay tuned. Thanks to the sponsors of this week's episode, Pop Menu, Verge Funding, The Birthday Club, and the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. Now, on with the episode. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Rockstars, there are many elements to consider when growing your restaurant. Are you connecting with diners enough and with the right message? Could your kitchen be putting out more orders than your dining areas have room for? Well, it can be overwhelming, especially when the reason you got into this business is for the food and the people. That's why restaurants get Pop Menu. Pop Menu is the marketing tech platform designed to make growing your restaurant easy, so you don't have to grow it alone. With Pop Menu, you can capture more guests and their preferences through your restaurant's website that's designed to easily collect contact information and data so you can see what your guests love and why they dine with you. Connect and build authentic relationships with guests by using modern technology that personalizes marketing. Make all your systems work better together, improve margins, and conquer the chaos of your restaurant's digital presence. Pop Menu has a special offer for my listeners. For a limited time, get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com rockstars. Go now to get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com rockstars. Hey there, rock stars. Let's talk birthday marketing. It's one of those critical, important details that either drive new and repeat business into your place or not. Now, very few of us are real expert marketers, but why not a program that's done for you that targets all the customers in your area that are having birthdays? Everyone has a birthday. Why not speak to my buddy Dyson Barnett? He's a former restaurant owner operator. He knows this business and now his company delivers birthday customers and it's all done for you. Get some marketing that you can track where you know exactly if it's working or not and what the return on investment is because so few marketing dollars that restaurant owners spend is trackable. So that's key. Dyson is pretty certain that he can get more butts in seats and not only more butts in seats, but repeat business. Once he introduces new customers to your restaurant, those people, if they have a great experience in your place, are going to come back and tell their friends. Now that's trackable and that's powerful marketing. Check it out at jointhebirthdayclub.com slash birthday rockstar. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. I'm so appreciative of our audience for tuning in and so happy to have you, Tina, on the show today. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Roger. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you and I go way back. Um, We both serve on the board of Hospitality Maine, which is our state restaurant and hotel hospitality organization. And that's where we first met. I don't know how many years ago that was. We both served numerous terms. And I'm I'm particularly impressed at your approach on the board because you clearly have a passion for hospitality and you clearly, you know, have a passion for advocacy and helping others succeed and sharing your knowledge and you're very active on our board. So thank you for that. It's you're doing a great thing for the industry in general and for our membership. Thank you. It's I love it. And you're absolutely right. You uh said it perfectly that um I have a a never-ending passion for the hospitality business. And that's why you're here. So that's why I wanted to talk to you because I know there's just so many nuggets of information that you can share. So just for our audience, um, we're going to be talking a lot about Tina's career and what she's doing now. She works for a resort called the Nonantum. It's in beautiful Kennebunkport, Maine. Um, it's on the Kennebunk River and you've got amazing views and there's a history, you know, there's history to this property. Can you tell us a little bit about the Nonantum and, and its history? Absolutely. I'll give you our uh, sales speech. So okay. the Nonantum yeah, the speech um, works. <laughs> the, the canned speech works. So the yeah. Nonantum was um, built in 1883 and it opened for business on July 4th, 1884. So we have just wow. reopened for our 139th season. That's unbelievable. Uh, on 4th of July, it, too. That's great. There's some exactly. Good day to celebrate. There too. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Cool. So we do have a very long line of uh, history here. We are incredibly well positioned um, in Kennebunkport. We're about a half a mile from the center of town, which is known as Dock Square. We're about a quarter of a mile to the closest beach. We're located right on the river. And we do have 109 guest rooms. I have two restaurants. We have um, a large banquet facility, which is not your common banquet facility. So it's very warm and charming um, and has a unique offering um, that you can't get at um, just any, any hotel in America. So our views are incredible. Our rooms are beautiful. We have the Carriage House Inn, which was built in 1883. As I said, it opened in 1884. And then we have a newer building called Portside, which was built in 1985, and it has 56 guest rooms as a part of our 109. So the property is really beautiful. Um, our you know offerings are um, very unique, and we're the second largest property here in Kennebunkport. Nice. That's wonderful. How long have you been with the resort? I have been the general manager here for 31 years. That is unbelievable. Wow. What a tenure and a track record. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen lots of things come and go. Lots of repeat and regular uh, guests that know and love you, of course. Um, yes. Staff, lots of new staff, lots of returning staff. There must be people that have been with you for many, many years as well. My Our executive housekeeper is celebrating her 41st season here, if you can imagine. So we do have quite um, a long line of staff members who have been here for decades, but also, of course, you know, a lot of new members um, that join us every year as well. You know, we're seasonal. We're open from the middle of April to the middle of December. So our season's a little bit longer than most. But um, in the off season, I have about 25 staff that are here on property. And then when we're open and running, uh, we swell up to about 185 people. 
No kidding. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, great. Well, let's talk about your career. Where did it all sure. begin for you? Let's take us back as far as you'd like, but tell us about hospitality and when that, you know, when you first got interested in working in a hospitality operation, would that be a restaurant or a hotel? What's your backstory? Sure. So I was raised in upstate New York. Um, I am the youngest of six children. And so um, big gatherings has always been a part of my family and my life um, from way back when. And so when I um, graduated from high school, I decided that I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to do something um, that would allow me to travel. So through high school, I worked at uh, Pier 1 Import. So I started in retail. Mm -hmm. But then as I went into college, um, I worked in uh, restaurants in Saratoga Springs. I worked in restaurants in Lake George, New York. So I did everything from, you know, wait tables to help in the kitchen to, um, I don't know, you name it, bartend um, here and there. I worked in events. So I definitely had my hand in every aspect of the restaurant business. Um, when I graduated from college, I only went. To, I went to a two-year um, state school called SUNY Cobleskill, and I went for uh, resort marketing, which was a very different field. And the professor of that um, field was actually someone who taught at Disney, and that's where Disney University. <laughs> Disney University. Yeah, right. And so that's for me, that's where the magic happened okay. when I realized that you could have a career making people happy and making magic happen. And so it, that's where really it all started, Roger, was, you know, I, when I started here at the Nonantum, um, I actually had never worked in a hotel. And so it was quite dumb luck that I got the job that I did because another mutual friend of ours um, and board member Roger Daigle yes. um, was actually working here at the hotel. And when the general manager um, had left and Roger was here, the owner decided that he was going to run the property. After about a month, he realized he was an operator. He was here. He was an owner, not an operator. And I was 22 years old. I had no experience. And the owner at that point said to Roger Daigle, so Roger, what do you think of Tina for running this hotel? And he said, that girl's got what it takes. Wow. Said, there was that magic. It just was evident. With or was, without experience, it, they just knew you could put the right people in place and just know intuitively what to do and and apply your your passion for hospitality, even at that age. And well, all the foundational elements you spoke about in working in those restaurants, you did have sure. very foundational experiences in those restaurants doing a lot of things. Well, 100%, Roger, because the thing that I learned in those early years is that it it took all sorts of people to make um, the magic happen. And everybody had to do everything to make that magic happen. And so no matter what happened behind the scenes, when you went out onto the floor, um, the, the polished appearance had to come together, but it wasn't one person that made that happen. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, all those years ago, when I was just working here at the hotel and Roger Daigle said, yes, this is the girl that should be um, running this property. I didn't know any better, but I just knew what I needed to do to make people happy. And I think that was the foundation, um, for how I got started doing what I did. And I learned, I, you know, I learned, I had great people in my life that taught me and mentored me. 
Um, so I mentioned our executive housekeeper has been here for 41 years. Prior to her running the housekeeping department, it was her mother who ran this hotel and or ran the housekeeping department yes, of the hotel. Yes, of course. And it was, you know, she helped me a lot because um, I, I just didn't know. And I worked every job in this hotel. I washed dishes. I cleaned the rooms. I did the laundry. I was doing all the sales. I, you know, worked on the front desk. I had no idea. I would get up. I um, became a single mom. And my daughter um, would come over uh, to work with me in the morning. She would sit in the prep table in the kitchen and she'd crack eggs before she went to school. Wow. Uh, and it was, it, it, it's been quite a journey, I've got to say, uh, but it's definitely been a very fulfilling and rewarding one. Is your daughter in hospitality all to this day or is she doing something else? <laughs> Well, you know, she, she, up until, yes, she actually um, ended up going to college um, at the College of Charleston for, and got a degree in hospitality. Mm -hmm. And she was working very successfully. And then COVID happened. And unfortunately, um, she was laid off from her job. And during um, the recovery period, she ended up switching careers. And she's now in um, real estate sales and is very successful. But it's very interesting because of most of what she learned in hospitality is very applicable in the real estate um, industry as well. You know, that's interesting. My oldest daughter, who obviously grew up in our restaurant businesses, doing mm -hmm. a variety of jobs, even as a young kid, rolling silverware and doing all kinds right. of stuff. Yeah. And now she wants to be in, in real estate as well. So that's interesting. Well, all of the things that she learned in hospitality will serve her very well in real estate. Life skills in this business, right? You learn life skills. Sure is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Sounds like you have a family, like it's not a staff, it's more of a family, right? People have been there a long, long time. There's mm -hmm. teamwork, there's respect, there's that hospitality that everyone delivers on a daily basis. And I'm sure you have regular sort of brainstorming sessions and rah-rahs and pre-shifts and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get into a little bit of that. But let me ask you, everyone has their own definition of hospitality. How would you define that word? I would define hospitality as a, as a genuine want and feel um, within yourself to serve others. And it's not just others, meaning your guests, but your, your community and your um, coworkers. Because I think that those are the three pillars um, of this business is um, serving all of them um, equally. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's a competitive advantage. I mean, I, I next want to talk a little bit more about the nonantum and why your guests return. And obviously, history plays a big part in it. It's been mm -hmm. there for 139 years, as you've said. So right. it definitely has a reputation. Um, are you constantly fostering, you know, really great reviews and your best guests are always leaving positive reviews? And it's like people come back for a reason because they get to know the staff, because they love the property, they love the experiences they have there. But new people discover, you know, our businesses all the time. So it's a combination of those things. What would you say really makes the Nonantum stand out? I would say that the, um, the magic at the Nonantum is the people who work here and make up um, the Nonantum family. Uh, we're very fortunate that we have such great continuity um, with our staff members. But I, I th we always say that, you know, people, um, you, can, you can only fake it for so long, if you will. But genuine hospitality truly comes from the heart. And it comes from being passionate about 
helping other people and having a genuine care and desire for someone's um, memory. I, I think we have a huge responsibility in our business to create memories. I mean, we're, we are host to family reunions. We're host to weddings, to celebrations of life. So we have the framework to um, help families in their growth patterns, whether they're, you know, the, again, family growing, family decreasing, um, mm. baptisms, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yes. And every we, life we event, take, really, right? Exactly. Celebrations and so, you know, of life, both positive sure. and, and when someone and passes on. And tragic. Yes, Absolutely. all of those things, definitely. And we, wow. you know, we take, you know, we take that responsibility very seriously um, because it comes from a place of genuine care and want. And I think that's what makes the difference. And the staff here, um, you know, we we really like each other. And I think you can tell when you walk through the door of people who are just working to work together versus people who truly care about each other. Um, and so we take care of each other. That's my job. That's my number one job is to take care of my staff. And as long as my staff is taken care of and their families are taken care of, I know that our guests are going to be taken care of as well. Let's talk about some of the training that you implement mm -hmm. and the onboarding of, of new people and the indoctrination and, and what philosophies mm -hmm. you pass on to them and then how you monitor that training for optimum performance. Tell us about sure. your whole process with that. Sure. So because we've always had a very open and um, inclusive uh, work environment here. Um, and, you know, training is a very big part of what we do. Um, our innkeeper, Jean Ginmarvin, is incredibly invested in um, training and educational opportunity as well as professional growth for all of the staff members here. She has a very long, long uh, lineage of um, opportunities and involvement with the community college system, et cetera. And so that affords us a lot of training opportunities. For instance, Roger, the re reason I couldn't talk with you earlier is because we had a training for 22 of our management team for DEI, for diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm -hmm. uh, because wonderful. one of the, one of the foundational um, pieces of work we do here is uh, we have a program called Lifting People Up. And it's something that our um, the head of our um, HR department is incredibly passionate about. We've been developing it over the past few years. And so we now are a recovery-friendly workplace um, by this. Uh, we were just given that um, certificate from the state of New Hampshire because Maine doesn't have um, a task force for recovery. Anyway, um, we also are working uh, with hiring the folks from um, recent, recently um, released from the incarcerated program. I was about and to ask that. That's terrific yeah, as well. It, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's I heard absolutely it's, yeah, amazing. I hear it's a really positive program through workforce yeah. development. And that's another positive plus of our organization that's been so progressive in finding oh, talent a, for this industry. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you know, we, we have a... Um, a number of jobs that are entry level mm -hmm. and it's a great opportunity if someone has you know come out of incarceration to be able to put them back to work you know our uh, colby is the head of our hr department and mm -hmm. she said it perfectly she was given an award last year and she said you know how would you 
perform if every day of your life you were judged on the very worst thing that you did? And those words are so profound. Wow. I said, they really wow, cut through. right? Yeah. It mm-hmm. really cut through. And so we look at this as an opportunity to be able to help lift people up. And we've had very, very successful, uh, we've had um, three very successful um, folks that have come out of incarceration that are still with us and they're doing great work. Wonderful. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a, you feel better when you help other people, you um, feel better about yourself. And so a lot of our trainings are, obviously we have the, the mandatory ones, you know, you got to do the sexual harassment, you got to do the bed yes. board, you know, all da 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 da. But mm-hmm. these trainings that we're offering um, are about inclusion. We're also offering training about leadership, um, different management skills. And we, um, have been, we're finding ourselves incredibly successful. And we've also been voted um, the one of the um, best places to work in Maine for seven, seven times, seven times in a row. And we're the only Perfect. hospitality business, um, Roger, in the state of Maine that has that, um, that award. That's terrific. Let me, uh, you touched on so many things there, Tina, but let's, let's talk about the difference between say a mission statement and a true company culture. Like lots of businesses have a mission statement and maybe they slap it on the wall somewhere and no one really pays attention to it or speaks to it very often. But a culture really comes from how everyone approaches their job and how everyone feels working together and what the end result is. And, you know, this whole uplifting of people seems to Mm -hmm. fit that culture. But is there a defined company culture? Can you go beyond or is that pretty much it? It's like we want to be inclusive and diverse and and just deliver amazing experiences to our guests. Well, how would you answer that? Well, that's it's very interesting because over the past five years, we've had you know different workshops, inter- internal workshops of what's our mission statement. Yes, you know we want to you know offer ex- exceptional hospitality. We want to offer the best service, et cetera, et cetera. We want to be you know a good steward to our environment, to our community, yes, um, an ambassador to the industry, et cetera. And just this past year, we realized, you know, all of those different um, sayings, all those different words, they were just words because you, you couldn't let it, it wouldn't slip off your tongue. What it came down to was lifting people up. And so that is our true mission and that is our culture. Awesome. And so we are, you know, fostering an environment and promoting an environment that people feel safe. And um, do they feel respected? They feel heard. And at the end of the day, I think that's really all people want. And so if we as um, staff members um, have that culture, that's the environment that we're creating for our guests. So they feel warm. They feel welcome. They feel that genuine hospitality. They feel that passion. Um, You know, we empower our staff to do um what they feel needs to be done. We just, over the winter, uh, we read the book um, by um, Will Gurna called Unreasonable Hospitality. And if you ever have the opportunity to read that book, I would encourage you to, because it talks about the limits or that there's no ceiling to um, the level of service that you can offer to people. And it's been incredibly well received by our staff and they, they see themselves as empowered and to make the decisions 
So if, for instance, I heard um, a bellman who had just started back the other day overheard somebody say, uh, it was an older couple, um, and this gentleman wanted a, a newspaper, and we didn't have any newspapers here at the property. And he looked at me and he said, is it okay if I run downtown and I grab um, a paper at the um, drugstore for these folks? I was like, absolutely. So he ran down, he grabbed the paper, and he brought it back um, and delivered it to the guest rooms. And the the guest came up afterward and he said, I, I never asked him to do that. And I said, I know. And he said, well, why would he do that? And I said, because he overheard you say that you wanted a newspaper and that you didn't have, um, that we didn't have them here. And it was raining, you know, so the pe- person didn't want to go outside, et cetera. Sure. Um, but they, you know, to, it, and, and that's just a very, very small example of some of the sure. things that we do. But when a, a guest feels that, or a staff member feels that they're going to always be supported in their decisions mm-hmm. to um, elevate the guest's experience, we want them to be doing those things. And we want them to be comfortable in that, in that place. That's amazing. Now, you're really talking about empowerment here and leadership where, you know, people have autonomy to make decisions in the best Mm -hmm. interests of that guest. And Mm -hmm. isn't it amazing we can touch people in a personal way so that they, like that guest said, you know, I didn't ask for this, but that team member delivered above and beyond what was expected and surprised that person. And that's a lasting memory. You know, you would agree. Sure. In our businesses every single day, I I call it the business of a thousand details. And when you own a resort, (laughs) it's even more than just a restaurant. I say there's a thousand, obviously, details in a restaurant. But think about every single person that comes in contact with any guest at any time, all the interactions, all the impressions, hopefully all positive, and the opportunity they have to build repeat business and friends for life. And then we're touching on that lifetime value of a customer versus just turning and burning people that come in one day and you never see them again. And that really starts, you know, from you and trickles down to the staff. But there's where that family fits in. If you feel like family, then that culture really rubs off on you. Hopefully you bring the right attributes to the job to begin with. But this is stuff that gets or should be talked about every single day versus, you know, just a mission statement hanging on the wall. Correct. Well, and I, I mean, think about, and it's important that every person on the staff feels this way, because think about a time that you maybe have gone into a store or a shop or something, and you got a kid that's sitting there on their cell phone or doing, you know, right. whatever, or they've dismissed you or they were rude and you think, God, I'm never going back into that place. Um, and of course, if the owner knew that they'd be horrified because they don't want the guests to have that kind of experience. I feel very comfortable and I know that um, our owner feels very comfortable knowing that when somebody comes here to the Nonantum, those kinds of um, uh, interactions are not going to happen. Um, this is a very desired place to work. And so, you know, I, I hesitate to say this on your show, um, but last year and this year, um, when everyone else um, in our area was crying the blues for help, we actually were completely staffed. We were almost overstaffed. Awesome. And that's a good problem to have. Uh, last year, we realized after 2020 and 2021, we don't need to go into any of those gory details no. of um, what those two years were like. Um, but what we realized at the end of 2021, that it was our number one job. Instead of marketing for more business, we needed to market for more staff. And so that has been our number one 
um, initiative for the last two years is to be sure that um, we are constantly um, attracting and recruiting the very best of the best. Because when our guests come here, they deserve and they expect um, very high levels of service. And the only way to do that is to have exceptional staff members. That is absolutely amazing that, that you are in that position. And you're right. And it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what part of this country we're talking about. I mean, everyone is struggling in numerous industries, mm -hmm. but ours specifically. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, so many people would say, oh, there's been a defection from hospitality workers and people just left the industry. And that may have been true at one point. But the right. people are there, but it's your approach mm -hmm. to leading them and then developing. Everyone works for a paycheck, Tina, of course, but well, people work for more than that. They want satisfaction. They, they want to know that their voice matters and that, you know, that they're making a contribution and they need to know what those contributions are. So there's the difference between leadership oh. and management. You know, someone, if someone's doing an, uh, an all right job, no one's going to say anything to them if you're a manager, but a leader is constantly looking to like you say, raise those people up, give them new responsibilities. Let's talk about recognition and rewards. I mean, that plays a part in this too. Do you have any specific mm -hmm. programs where people are recognized for going above and beyond or solving a guest problem or taking care of a teammate or anything like that? Well, you know, we come from a culture of um, everybody gets a prize. So we, yeah, <laughs> or everybody no, gets I know a what you mean. So we At do, least in grade school, it works that way. Yeah, exactly. Not in the real world. Um, but we do some soft so that we don't always cook. Cause I think the front of the house people tend to get more recognition, um, from, from guests yes. than perhaps somebody Good in the point. back of the house. Of course. So we try to do, um, a two prong approach where we're giving, um, feedback, um, that is seen, you know, on any of one of the, um, uh, the travel, um, review sites. So if, you know, Sally did a great job, we want to make sure that Sally sees, um, that the fact that she was written up in a review, um, but we take it a step further too. And if it's a, um, a child, we try to send that information to their parents so that, um, their cause their parents may not see this. Right. So we try to, um, you I know, like extend, um, the information to their, to the family, because again, we're all in one big family. And I don't know, you have kids. Uh, did they always tell you everything that they did great? Probably not. So, um, but that's, that's one area we um, are, we have employee appreciation days. We have um, departmental appreciation days. So each department can go and do something individual. Um, every spring uh, when we open uh, the Tuesday after Memorial Day, we have a staff meeting for the entire staff, which is a really powerful day because when you look in this room and you look around at, you know, 150 faces and you talk about, you know, how long they've been there, what they do, you realize that what we have is a city. We have a little city inside of these mm -hmm. four walls. Yeah. And it and takes what so behind the many. Scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It, wow. It's crazy. Um, so we do different types of recognition um, for the staff. We also have, you know, in our um, one of the main hallways, uh, we have a shadow box that we call out um, different employees. We have pictures with little bios about them. Uh, we do a news a newsletter that goes out to the staff, and then we have a um, also a newsletter that goes out to guests um, that calls out different staff members. So different types of you know because we also re realize that different people like to be recognized differently, right? Yeah. So 
I'm a person that um, I'm a very big personality. I don't mind, you know, talking and being in front of people, but not a lot, not everybody likes that kind of information. So for instance, we have a um, girl who works on our, our line. She's, she runs one of our food outlets. She's a dynamo um, line cook. Unbelievable. But she was just, she was just given um, the Lieutenant position um, of the fire department here in Kenny Bunkport. She's the first woman in the history of the fire department that's gotten this. And so for recognition, she was um, on the cover of um, our, one of our local um, newspapers. And instead of her having just the picture about herself, she had all the women in the fire department. And so what it said to us is, we of course want to recognize her, but we realize that calling her out in front of everybody at that big staff meeting is probably not the best, best approach yeah. because she's a, a person that wants to be recognized differently. And so I think that, you know, mm-hmm. to, to your point about how do you, re- you know, how do we recognize people? We recognize them in a way that's appropriate um, and respectful um, to their personalities. That's a nice approach. I totally get that. She sounds to me like a very humble person that she likes is. to share the glory and the credit. It's not just me. It's like everybody here contributes to the greater good. So she's one Absolutely. of those people. Yeah. She is one of those people. And um, we have a lot of those people here because it doesn't, it's not just one person that makes the good ship lollipop go around. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all of us. And, uh, you know, all those old sayings, there's no I in teamwork. Um, there isn't. And each one of us, you know, has a vital role here. Um, in the success of the property and we wouldn't be able to be successful without each other. So you've got extraordinary tenure. You mentioned, I think you said it was 31 years as the general manager here. And again, Mm -hmm. lots of people have come and gone. Lots of guests have come and gone. Things have changed. Pandemic aside, has it gotten any easier to assume your role in, obviously there's a certain amount of satisfaction. There's a certain amount of fun. There's a certain amount of hard work. And all those things, obviously, and all those details that you're constantly on top of. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's still the Nonantum place that you've been 31 years. You know it intimately, inside and out. You know the people, you know the guests, you know the owners, you know all that kind of stuff. Does it get any easier? Is it? Is every year different for you? Listen, you've heard a lot of noise about the ERC tax credit. Why is it such a big deal? Because your business already paid a ton of money in payroll taxes, and more than likely, you qualify to get a ton of money back. Now, if you haven't applied yet, I'm telling you, drop everything. Drop what you're doing and figure out how to get it done. The truth is, and I'm speaking from experience here, it's super easy to get the money back if you let an expert do the work for you. Now get on this before the government either changes the program or runs out of money. I got hundreds of thousands of dollars back from my restaurant and it literally saved our business. Now you may have heard it may take many months after applying to get your money back, but that doesn't have to be the case. If you need your ERC refund sooner to run your business or to take care of some much needed projects, you can speak with Karen Garbett, the owner of Verge Funding Group, about a bridge loan or other working capital. Now whether you wait for your check, opt for a bridge loan or other working capital, it's likely you have a significant amount of money due back to you, so don't lose it. Now go to the show notes for this episode on our website and use Karen's calendar link to set up a time to chat with her personally about how much money your business can get back. Every year is different. Absolutely. And I don't think it ever gets 
easier, Roger. I just think that the challenges and the opportunities are different. Mm. Um, you know, as I've, uh, I'm so fortunate that I have an amazing assistant general manager now who I've, I never had, uh, we promoted, uh, I never had that position, um, at the property mm-hmm. and, um, Angela is just such a dynamic, um, individual and it allows me to, um, work on some other areas, um, for the property in development. So does it get easier? No, it just changes. Um, and it changes in a positive way. Um, and if it didn't, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be coming back every year for the past 31 years. (laughs) Okay. There's no typical day in your gig, but walk us through like any given day you walk onto the property at what time in the morning and what's a typical day? What happens during the course of a day? Oh, well, you, as you said, you never really know. I mean, I, I've stopped making to-do lists because they just are pieces of paper that I lose. So <laughs> a typical yeah. day. That's called a pivot, um, right? And it happens it numerous is a, times. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I'm a really big workout fanatic. So um, I uh, make sure that my day starts with some kind of physical activity, um, whether it's bike riding or um, I take I teach a boot camp class at the beach or awesome. whatever that is, so yeah, that when great. I walk on the property in the in the morning, my mental state is in a really good place. Um, I usually get here anywhere between eight and ten o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning because remember we're a twenty four hour business. Yeah. So um, the day can be very fluctuating depending on what's happening here and what time day of the week. Um, but I typically come in, I check in with the front desk, um, I put all my stuff down, make sure, you know, see if there's any um, fires that um, need to be put out. I head up to housekeeping and check in with my executive housekeeper, see how her team's looking for the day. And then I typically head right into the restaurant because breakfast is usually happening. And, you know, if you get there between nine and nine 30, you become a very proficient coffee pourer because (laughs) that's when everybody comes down for breakfast. Of course. Um, And so the, really the first couple of hours of my day is just checking in with the departments and seeing um, what, what's happening. If we have projects that are going on, what, what loose ends need to be tied up. And then, um, I'm at my desk for a few hours, uh, checking email, working on reports, looking at forecasting, et cetera. And then um, it's working with my sales and marketing team, seeing where they are and any, uh, any number of issues that may be coming up um, throughout um, the rest of the week or the weekend. So um, yeah, no day is ever the same. And now once the weather starts getting nicer, um, our activities program opens up which is a family activities program that runs from eight o'clock in the morning until about eight or nine o'clock at night. I'll typically go down there, um, you know, do a little bit of face painting, maybe make a bracelet or something with some kids that are down there. That's great. Um, Good for you. We have a Marina. uh, So we go to go down and I check on um, our, we have three boat tours that leave from here. So I'll go and check with the boat captains. So a lot of it is, you know, just being um, aware of what's happening on the property Mm -hmm. and checking in with the staff. Um, I also work very closely with my HR department um, to be sure, you know, where are we with, you know, staffing? Where are we with our benefits? Where are we with um, payroll? Are we into overtime? You know, where where are we in in the day? Fiscal responsibility is part of it, too. Your financial monitoring financials and stuff, critical indicators, that sort of thing. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. It's, it's funny because, um, we, (laughs) well, you do, you do everything. Uh, I mean, that, that's part of being, um, a general manager and being a leader is, you know, I go back to go back to my roots when I started, you know, 31 years ago is I still need, I need to know how to do every job. Um, although I don't get the opportunity to do them all the time anymore. Um, I still want to be proficient, um, in what, um, is happening here at the property. You know, I love going down to laundry and, um, you know, folding, they only, they don't let me fold sheets anymore, but, um, I can fold towels and washcloths and get to know (laughs) because it's important to get to know your staff. Um, especially with the number of people that we have here, I have those personal connections are invaluable. Does your organization do any cross training so that people have multiple mm. skill sets in case, mm. you know, someone can't make it, they yeah. can kind of jump over and do this or that they've got, you know, multiple positions that they've either trained in or they have some level of skill in. Yeah. Uh, so we started that um, prior to COVID and then when COVID happened, it was amplified. Uh, we had such a limited staff, you know, that 185 people, we were down for the first month to our management team of 25. And so every day, everybody did everything. All hands on deck, yeah. It was all hands on deck. But fast forward, um, and what what that taught us, though, was number one, you have to have A players. And A players need to know how to do multiple things. And so we now have a program where the front, when you have a new person in sales, part of their rotation is they have to work in a housekeeping. They have to work on the front desk. They have to be able to um, pour coffee in the restaurant. Uh, our front desk people go upstairs and they work with um, housekeeping. Housekeeping will come downstairs and help answer the phones. Now, certain jobs, obviously, you can't have somebody going back and trying to you know, cook breakfast for everybody, but they can cut fruit. Um, we, so we want front of the house to understand back of the house, because if, if every staff member realizes that we're all working for the same goal, we're all on the same team. Um, but how we get there, um, within our jobs might look a little bit different, but they need to understand the end goal. So we always use this example for, um, if housekeeping needs to understand that if the front desk calls up and says, Hey, um, I need um, this room available. And the housekeeper says, but the other people haven't checked out. The housekeeper needs to understand they're not doing it just to give them a hard time. It's because the mother of the bride is standing in front of them saying, but I need to get into that room. Um, or the same thing could be said for the restaurant where just because um, we want to make sure that the cooks understand that the the waitress isn't coming back and saying, well, let's not put, you know, I, I need to substitute this, this, and this. And, and, you know, they have some kind of an allergy. They're not being difficult. It's because the guest out front um, is making that request. And so we want them to understand that uh, each other's, they need to have a good understanding of each other's jobs and what the ultimate um where the the driving force is coming from and the ultimate driving force in those scenarios is to um, offer um, unreasonable hospitality um, to guests, but they need to be reasonable in their expectations of each other as coworkers. 
You know, you made it really clear. It's very obvious to our audience listening, your leadership style, and that definitely comes across crystal clear. And you probably have hundreds of examples over your 31-year tenure of people that you recognize that, you know, rose up in the organization. But anything recent stand out, a person that you just saw something special in, you gave them an additional responsibility, perhaps they rose to the challenge, they excelled at it, they got promoted. It's like, and they just keep going. They're like, you know, they just keep getting better and better in different positions and they're just become super versatile and valued at that point. Anyone stand out? I have two people that really stand out in my mind. Tell um, us those one, stories. I think they're relevant. Uh, yeah. So one of them, um, her name is Colby Bracey. Um, she has worked here um, most of her life. I've known her for a very, very long time. Um, and she has done everything from the front desk to helping in the sales department. Um, she has uh, worked, started in our HR department. She was doing payroll, et cetera. She's now moved into the head of our HR department. Wow. And awesome. I, I think I've mentioned her name before, and she um, has this undying passion for um, helping people in the recovery community, helping people um, in the uh, incarceration, the incarceration program, yeah. um, wow. any type of mental health illness and whatnot. But she has the most incredible way of seeing seeing people for who they are and meeting them at their place and helping them um, bring them to another level. You know, she's uh, very involved in the community and she's now um, the head of the DEI community for our, our uh, committee for our chamber. And she's becoming a powerful voice in the hospitality industry for these programs. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one. So she's been really incredible to watch grow um, through, you know, the last, I've known her for, you know, 20 years, probably, if not longer, 25 years. So uh, keep your eye out for her. Beautiful the other one story. is, tell us the other one. Oh she yeah. Angela. Is, the, the other one is, is Angela. Yeah. My yeah. assistant general okay. manager. Oh my goodness. So Angela has worked here for uh, nine years. She started out on our, she actually got married here when she was 19 years old. She couldn't even drink at her wedding. Wow. She's um, got some affinity for the property. She, she does. <laughs> um, her sister works here as our dining room manager and her mother works here as a receptionist. There's that um, family again. There is. But during, uh, she's, uh, she's lovely. She is lovely as the day is long. And she um, worked uh, her way up from the front desk um, uh, attendant to front desk manager. And then uh, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And I saw something in this young lady that was just the most beautiful thing of how loving and warm she was to not only all of our staff, um, but to our guests. And she exhibited all of the qualities that you would want to see in someone that would lead this, this property to the next place. And so in 2021, um, 2022, uh, sorry, 2022, um, we promoted her to assistant general manager because one day she will take, she will have my job. Um, and she, um, has all of the right stuff. It, it's amazing, Roger, watching, um, these two young ladies grow into the future of this property. And, you know, I just feel so fortunate that I was this much of a part of their lives and their growth process um, wow. and giving, 
you know, being a part of um, the opportunities that I see for them um, down the road here, currently uh, and down the road. Those are two really great stories. And I kind of want to approach this two different ways, because obviously we've got an audience of owners and existing GMs and that sort of thing. But then we also sure. have perhaps a dining room leader or a bar manager, someone who would aspire to do what you do, but isn't quite sure how to get there. Like what, what, what are the best qualities of a, a really solid leader and what do they need to bring to the table to demonstrate that to their particular boss in order to rise up in an organization? I think, I mean, you know, we've said this, but I think having the passion for the business you know, there's people always say, you know, if you if um, you love what you do, you'll never feel like you're going to work yeah. or whatever. You'll never work a day in your life. In your life, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, some days, um, I you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the days, that's how I feel. Um, and I think bringing a passion for your industry forward um, shows in everything that you do, because if you love something so much, you want to be able to nurture it and to um, take care of it and make sure that um, the things that touch that passion um, ref are a reflection of you. But, you know, so what are some of the skills, right? Um, ask a lot of questions. Don't be afraid to be wrong and don't be afraid to take risks. Um, be Always be humble and kind <laughs> um, in how you approach people. Um, but, and, continually look for educational opportunities. And it, I don't mean that you have to go back and get your master's degree, but it can be something as simple as, you know, attending um, a business after hours or attending a class on, you know, how to um, excel your Excel skills or your Microsoft skills. So look for educational opportunities that are appropriate for you. And maybe it is that you want to go back and get your master's, but it doesn't have to be such a great undertaking. So I just think that if you demonstrate ambition and you yes. demonstrate a true um, vitality for the work that you're going to do, treat people the way you want to be treated, um, be respectful, be kind. And, you know, there's... Some man, some owners might be saying, but how are we, how do you make money? The money does come if you do the right thing. And I don't mean to sound so elementary and or contrite in any way, shape or form, but that is the way um, that it's worked here for us. You know, I'm very fiscally, we're very, very fiscally responsible. Um, and, you know, we're very, um, it's important to me um, and to this property to uh, look at all of our different goals and make sure that the different um, buying processes that we have meet those goals. We're, um, I come, yeah, I told you I was the youngest of six. Yeah. I come from a, uh, right. two of my brothers and um, a couple of my sisters are all very um, into environmental studies. And so sustainability has been a really big part of my life um, ever since I was a little kid. And so here at the hotel, we adopted a lot of um, green initiatives before that was even a thing. Yeah. You know, we've, we've been doing the whole, uh, you know, green recycling sustainability um, prior to those being buzzwords. And yeah, so if you don't want your you know, towels washed and your linens and your room, yeah. well, let us know and we'll save 10,000 gallons of water a day. And it all <laughs> plays a part. 
it so does. that was was that one of your initiatives based on your oh yeah history nice yeah 100 yeah 100 contribution yeah and we've taken it to a, a higher much higher level here um with you know looking at every single department um, how can we be better? How can we, you know, reduce reduce our carbon footprint? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a program right now where we have a we have a pilot program going on with a local farm. So we, you know, are growing our own vegetables, and Wonderful. there's just all these that's oh, all these yeah. fun things we get to do, Roger. Right, but you right. know, so you know, to the aspiring person um, that might be listening, is pursue your passions um, and have them be reflective of your values. And yes, you have got to be, you know, there are days when you have to sit down and you've got to look at the spreadsheets and you got to look at the profit and loss and you got to look at forecasting. And that's, that's part of the process too. Um, but I just fully believe that if you, um, you know, you make integrity based decisions and you do the right thing, those numbers are going to follow. Um, you attract good people to work with you and they're going to do the right things. Excellent advice. Let's talk a little bit about your food venues. Now you've got two restaurants mm-hmm. on site. Mm-hmm. One is called Latitudes and I understand it's got a roof deck, sort of a bar up there and great views of the surrounding Kennebunkport and all that sort of thing. And and the other is mm-hmm. more of a fine dining, small plates and nice entrees. Is that right? Um, we actually have, um, y- your, yes, your understanding of that was correct at one point, but we um, okay. have, pi- yeah. we've, we've pivoted. Oh, no kidding. Um, <laughs> One's the and other, and the other's the. <laughs> tell us. No, uh, we realize uh, that that's not exactly what people want anymore. Okay. And so yeah. there's there are lovely dining establishments here in Kennebunkport that offer those fine dining experiences, and sure. we're very happy to um, help people um, get reservations there, uh, and work closely with those other properties. But when guests are here at the hotel, what they're going to receive at either one of our food outlets is an elevated menu chef steve um who has worked with us now for six years um is just i i cannot even begin to um give him the accolades that he deserves because um he has um brought our food service to a whole nother level and so when you're down at latitudes which is a new outlet we opened two years ago it mm-hmm. was born out of um our what we learned during covid right outdoor menu it has anything from um burgers to nachos to um an, a beautiful strip steak or a you know scallop seared lobster roll etc that's an amazing um outlet the food is phenomenal the views are great um, that's very casual. It's around our pool area. Um, so, you know, that in itself sort of lends itself to Definitely. being a little bit more casual. We have entertainment mm-hmm. out there. Oh, great. But inside. Sounds like a cruise ship. <laughs> it right? sort of is. It's like I'm up by the pool is. and it's like, yep, I can get my drink and get service. I get a burger and it's like live music. Sure. But it's ele- it's cool. elevated um, food. Oh. You know, just the presentation um, is incredible. The quality is amazing. Um, and then inside, um, Heckman's is our um, other outlet. Yes. And so it's got a little bit of a rebranding this year. Um, we're going to be um, reopening that um, on May uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, so it'll be opening up with more small plates. Um, so you, you and I both go to Sunday river and you've perhaps frequented the mountain room, um, up on the, uh, up on North. Oh yeah. 
Sure. So um, yes. it's going to uh, replicate, not, I'm not going to say replicate, but it will be reminiscent, I guess, um, of mm-hmm. what you would see there. So you're going to see, see a lot of small plates, very um, carefully curated dishes. Uh, there won't be a kid's menu. We typically, um, that will be out at Latitudes. Of course. Uh, so it's going to be a more um, intimate, upscaled, but on a uh, tapas level. Okay. So, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. We're so excited about it. Um, you know, it's a whole new um, vision for us. Uh, it'll, we'll, that'll only be open four, four nights a week. And um, outside will be open seven days a week. So you may have mentioned, but you're not actually open yet. You're gearing up for an opening this month. Uh, we actually opened up last weekend. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. We open on a very small scale. So we open, um, we open gradually and we close down gradually. So we'll open up in the middle of April. We opened up, um, to a nice big group. We offer typically the first month we're open is more conferences. Our real big kickoff will be mother's day brunch where we'll welcome about four to 500 people, um, to the property. Um, serve an amazing brunch. And then the next weekend, Latitudes will open. Um, the weekend after that is Memorial Day, and that's when activity starts opening up. So we kind of, it's kind of like taking an onion and sort of, you know, peeling off the different um, levels um, until you get to the real good stuff, which is July and August. <laughs> and that's coming for sure. <laughs> it's coming for sure. Well, you know, you've given us a really great taste of the Nonantum itself, and your location is stellar. You mentioned your walking distance mm-hmm. to the beach, your walking distance to Dock Square. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's the Bush Estate that attracts a lot of attention, right? And just oh, the yeah. history of Pennybunkport in general, but it's the quintessential main coastal town and village, village really. Kennybunkport mm-hmm. is a village. And, you know... Walk us through Kennybunkport, like Dock Square. What do you see? I mean, it's got bars, it's got restaurants, it's got antique shops and galleries, and it's, and there's the view, right? There's the Atlantic Ocean, and the the waves are crashing on the rocks. What's your favorite part of the town? I think you just I think you just walked them through Kennybunkport. I that shouldn't have done amazing. that. That was your job. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, I haven't been in a while, but that's what I remember. Well, you've yeah. got to come down and visit. So Dock Square is that quintessential main village, as you said. You know, it's got all the shops and the galleries and the restaurants. Um, you'll hear music outside. It's, you know, people strolling through. You've got bicycles. You've got, um, you know, the golf carts that are going around. Um, amazing. My favorite part of Kennebunkport Beside, well, I guess the beach is incredible. But mm-hmm. when you go out of the Nonantum and you take a right and you start going down Ocean Avenue, you're going along and you see the River Club, and then you go a little bit farther and St. Anne's, um, which is a beautiful old Episcopalian stone church, right, is on the your right church. hand I remember side. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, if anybody remembers when President Bush jumped out of an airplane on his 90th birthday, I do that's remember where he, that as that's, well. That's where he landed on the lawn right there with the Golden um, Knights. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You continue along Ocean Avenue, and the homes are just incredible. We offer a history walking tour um, in the morning, which I get to take um, some of our guests on um, throughout the summer. Wow. The history and the homes along Ocean Avenue. Um, on your left-hand side with the backdrop of the ocean, as you said, with the waves crashing on the rocks, you go around and you come up this hill and all at the top, you look over to the beautiful ocean and there's Walker's Point. You've got the, the windmill, you've got the big flag and there's 
the sea anchors to windward, which was um, the anchor that was dedicated to um, President Bush for his service in the Navy. And it is just stun- absolutely stunning. And you have um, spouting rock, you got blowing caves. So when the, um, the water is just glistening and the tides coming in, you can just see this water just erupting. It's, there, it's something pure magic. There's pure magic about it. Um, and then you come back here, I come back here on the property and we have all these Adirondack chairs, uh, looking at the river, watching the tide going in and the tide going out and watching the boats go by. There's just something so mesmerizing, um, about here. And after 31 years, I've never stopped appreciating it or being in awe of the beauty, um, of Southern Maine. Well, you're, and a trem- you're a tremendous ambassador for the property and the community and our board of directors and just hospitality in general. You've offered so much information and insights and knowledge and advice and just I've so enjoyed talking to you and I'm so glad you were part of the podcast. Thanks, Roger. You know, I, I just I feel so fortunate to um, have had the to have the career that I've had um, and whatever and the years that I have left. Um, and the, you know, being here at the Nonantum is such a special, um, such a special thing to me, but to be a part of the hospitality community in Maine is so incredible. We have such, um, amazing restaurants and inns and, uh, hotels and, you know, you name it and, yeah, you so know, being a part of, Sure. And the community of Kennebunkport is a very special one. You know, I'm very fortunate that I'm not only involved at the hospitality main board, but several boards here in our local community. Um, And being able to help um, on the local level is really important to me. You know, I I think when you you look in the mirror, you say, you know, you get what you give and you give what you get. And I've been given a lot. And so I feel feel very fortunate that um, I have the ability to give back a lot too. Um, so, you know, that's how I live my life here as, um, a leader at the Nonantum. It's how I live my personal life, um, with my family. Um, I just feel very grateful, um, to have the opportunities, um, and to be a part of this hospitality community. Well, I'm honored to know you and it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Tina. Thank you so much. Thanks, Roger. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Can't wait to see you in the next episode, so stay well. Wow, Tina, what an inspiring episode. Thanks so much for everything you do for our industry, for our members, for restaurants, and for hospitality, as well as the Nonantum and the team you lead. Totally inspiring for all of us, so thanks for being a great guest. Thanks also to the sponsors of this week's episode and to you, our audience, for always tuning in. See you next time. I've always believed in systems to run a really effective restaurant. They say you have a system if you can walk away and leave your place for a day, a week, or a month. And it's just as successful, just as profitable when you return, if not more so. Now, the staff are really the foundation of this, and it all comes down to the word empowerment. You know, if you've got really great people and if you can develop those people to have your back, and to run it as if they owned it, treat everything as if they had to pay for it, that's a super powerful system. Once you have the staff in place, it really comes down to three things. It comes down to, one, staff training. 
development, recognition, and rewards to create what I call your dream team. How to empower your team to think and act like owners and to treat everything as if they owned it and had to pay for it. And to deliver amazing guest service experiences to your customers. To serve and sell because sales are the lifeblood of your business. Not allowing order takers on the floor, but teaching everyone to recognize opportunities and make suggestions that we know the customers will enjoy and appreciate. It all comes down to training, training, training. Number two, cost controls and maximizing profit. You need to know your critical financial numbers on a weekly basis, and it only takes 10 minutes, but you need to understand these things. How about your daily break even? How much it costs you to open the doors to your restaurant each day? Inventory is not just walking around and figuring out what your order is that week. It's knowing the true value of your goods on hand at any given point in time. And you need this information to be able to calculate your true food and beverage costs. Your labor costs are also important. And running a weekly labor analysis against sales. If you know these things, I can teach you how to maximize your profit and control your costs. And then number three is what I call marketing firepower and affinity. You know, affinity is defined as a really powerful sense of loyalty and belonging where your customers become raving fans and they're like an army of brand ambassadors spreading the word for your restaurant. Well, all of this is included in the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. If you really want to take your restaurant to the next level, post-pandemic, things are heating up, customers are coming back, Now's the time to really maximize your opportunities, maximize your sales and profits, and create that dream team staff. Check it out at restaurantrockstars.com. It's the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.